Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wait continues for Michigan State basketball thanks to more COVID tests. The Spartans game this weekend against Illinois, the third straight to be postponed. When can we expect Tom Izzo and co. to return to the court? Uh, we'll discuss today. Also, lots of your questions on episode 19 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion here with Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel on Thursday, January 21, 2021. Hey, it's one twenty one twenty one. I just I just realized that. That's kind of fun. Uh, but uh, anyway, big show today. Happy to be here, uh, Kyle. What have you been, What have you been doing with all this downtime lately? Uh, that's a good question. I uh, had some unexpected downtime. Got some house projects done. Uh, I usually get absolutely nothing done in like January, February, or March. So um, wouldn't have wouldn't have liked it to come this way, but um, but I'll take it. I yeah, right. Any excuse to get the to get the uh, the honeydew list right. scratched off there. I need to learn to be more handy around the house. I'm still like, anytime I try and do anything, I'm still like YouTube. Like, I don't know how people figured anything no, no, out before YouTube. I, YouTube counts as being handy for me. I YouTube everything. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm dri- I'm driven by being cheap. I, I hate I hate having to pay people to do stuff in my house. I don't know if you, <laughs> you guys can relate to that. So that, that's that's my driving force <laughs> for sure. Well. Uh, in, in that case, we could have had you come out and do uh, the tree trimming. Uh, uh, we had a tree trimmer in our backyard, <laughs> this huge maple. So if you were willing to put on a helmet and dangle from a harness 50 feet in the air with a chainsaw, um, I, you come out I, and I, you made, made a few bucks. It's not cheap. I, it, you would have paid me a lot of hazard pay to do that, I'll tell you. Yeah. We, yeah. Don't have the, we don't have the insurance for that. So. <laughs> Listen, we already have Michigan State's basketball team sidelined. We don't need the Michigan State basketball beat reporter also <laughs> on, the, uh, on the injured list. So maybe let's leave the, uh, that kind of work to the professionals. But, uh, yeah, Matt, Matt, is, Matt is also here. Uh, we've already heard from him. It's, it's nice of you to show up now that you finally have time for us. Uh, we had a little <laughs> bit of breaking news right before this, right? Well, maybe yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, for January 21st, yeah, I mean, we, we have not talked to Mel Tucker since um, signing day in the early signing period. That would have been December 16th after that, you know, their last game gets canceled. No, I'm sorry, it would have been, yeah, so we talked to him that Tuesday about they're playing Maryland. That game was canceled again later in the week, and he spoke the, the Wednesday about the signing class. But, yeah, we haven't talked to him in a, obviously a while, um, but he did a uh, – um, MSU AD Bill Beekman does this um, AD lunch series um, with with Michigan State coaches, and obviously it's a virtual thing nowadays. Um, 
but it was on YouTube uh, right before we originally start to uh, air, uh, record this. And Mel was one of the guests today, one of the coaches on. And uh, yeah, he provided uh, plenty of updates. Um, first of all, he confirmed uh, safety's coach Mike Tressel is headed to Cincinnati to be the defensive coordinator. That was first reported on Monday. Cincinnati hasn't made it official, but Mel certainly did. Um, said he's gone and they're looking to replace that position with somebody who either coaches corners or safeties. And he thinks they'd like to have that uh, wrapped up by this weekend. So um, we'll obviously move fast. We can touch later on potential uh, replacement candidates. Uh, he talked about the mid-year additions who arrived this past weekend, both the uh, four early enrollees and the uh, transfer additions. He said the, there were nine total or 10 total, nine scholarship. Uh, so there's one person who's a walk-on, I, I guess I can't account for, but he said that he thinks that all nine can count back to the last class. Uh, so on top of the 25 initials, he's looking for 30 new, uh, will be first year scholarship players at Michigan State at least, uh, to be on the team by uh, the start of fall camp. And he plans on continuing to look at the portal, uh, search the portal for additions up until then. Uh, he said the, uh, the freshmen, the four freshmen early enrollees, he said he told them to you know, compete to play immediately. He's not looking to redshirt any of them. And then uh, let's see, uh, Jarrett Horst, the offensive lineman addition from Arkansas State, he said that uh, they had to compete with Oklahoma, fight with them, I believe is what he said, with Oklahoma, said that, you know, they got, they won out initially, and then Oklahoma came back at him again, and then he still picked Michigan State, so I guess that's a good sign. Uh, Kendall Brooks, who is the D2 uh, defensive back addition, who was North Greenville University in South Carolina, a little under the radar guy. Uh, Mel said they look hard to find the, the right guys, so they're not recruiting for star rankings. And so there was a connection landing him through Musin Muhammad, which is, is interesting. He didn't really explain it, but hmm. um, and after that, uh, let's see, uh, he confirmed, obviously, the uh, off-season conditioning program is supposed to start on 25th, this upcoming Monday, eight weeks long. He said it'll be only strength and conditioning uh, staff working with the players the first four weeks before the coaches come in the last four weeks and spring practice is scheduled to start March uh, 23rd. So uh, that kind of, Oh yeah. And Matt Allen's coming back for a sixth year. So yeah. Plenty of stuff Mel touched on today that uh, was of, of note. All this breaking news on a, a, like a low key chat with the AD that like a hundred people were watching on YouTube. Like, yeah. isn't this what press conferences are for? <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take whatever it's on. I'll take it. Yeah, I guess you shouldn't complain whenever you can get information just delivered to your doorstep. But uh, yeah, I mean, let, let's we might as well uh, we'll get into the Michigan State's COVID situation. Not a ton has changed, but we'll get an update from Kyle in a second. But since you brought it up, uh, we might as well touch on Mike Tressel. I think that's honestly the the biggest news that's happened. He's been there for 14 years. He was on D'Antonio's staff. He was one of two coaches that came back uh, to be on to be on Mel Tucker's staff. He's been coaching safeties, but he's also served as defensive coordinator in the past after Pat Marduzzi left. Um, what are your thoughts on him leaving for Cincinnati? To me, from an outsider point of view, I'm, you know, obviously DC full DC job is an upgrade from just coaching safeties, but I, you know, I just look at it as a further moving away from what the Mark D'Antonio era. I mean, this is one of the few holdovers that you had on the staff. I think it was a, a good call by Mel to hold over a couple guys for the transition, but this is just a further moving away from the era under Mark D'Antonio and Mel sort of uh, going in his own direction. And obviously he'll be bringing in someone else. So what, what is your reaction to him leaving? Were you surprised? Um, no, not really. I mean, I thought if, if you 
put all 10 guys names down and asked me to pick if there's one that you think leaves who would it be I would have said Mike Tressel and I would have assumed he would have done it to be a coordinator again somewhere and you know that one his his part of the staff even though him and Mel have have a you know a past working together at Ohio State Tressel always felt like he was tied to it like so so the day after Mark re- resigned on retired on February 4th um, both Mike Tressel and Ron Burton had the terms of their contract extended. Burton's was extended through June or until he got another job. Trestle's was extended through March, 2022 or until he got another job because he was named the acting head coach. So basically (laughs) if you're Bill Beekman and Mark steps away and you have all these coaches whose deals are now expiring, you need somebody to be in charge of the team. You need to have basically the adult in the room or however you want to put it. Um, and that had to be Trestle. And if you're going to do that, you need to give them a little more surety is how I would read into that. And that means a two-year extension, basically, um, with his salary remaining the same. So, yeah, I mean, if Mel came in and, yeah, he was given the uh, $6 million pool for his 10 on-field assistants. So, sure, he could have come in and said, all right, fine, I'm going to, you know, we're going to fire, you know, we'll move away from Mike Trestle. That's fine. I'll find another guy but then you're going to have a $667,000 dent in your, in your pool for on-field assistance. So it always felt like, you know, they, I'm sure they work well together. At least it would seem like it. Um, but it just felt like that trestle was at least tied for that first year. Do you, does that make sense mm-hmm. to you guys as far as what I'm saying? You know, it just like, all right, we, we, we're going to get him this year. And, you know, plus when you look at it, when they announced Burton and trestle coming back, they immediately said, all right, Burton's going to coach the D line. Dressel's role will be announced later and it wasn't until uh, I think it was like March 10th or something like that when they, there was like a Twitter video that the program put out with all the you know coaches on there and saying what they were coaching and Trestle's like yeah I'm coaching safeties and it's like wait a minute what <laughs> uh, oh, I, wait a minute I thought Harlan Barnett was the secondary coach and like it was just weird you know Rossell got linebackers Trestle went to safeties uh, Harlan Barnett took corners so the whole thing just kind of felt like it was you're just kind of putting every he got everybody in place and then kind of found a spot for for Trestle. Not that he doesn't know what he's doing. Trestle's obviously a very very good coach. Yeah, I mean, so we like I said, we're going to be answering a lot of questions throughout today's episode. There's not a ton of news. Luckily, we did get a couple pieces of information to fit in here, but we did get a question uh, regarding Trestle. Thoughts on the replacement for Trestle? I know a lot of people are talking about Steve Clinkscale, who I believe is the DB coach for Kentucky. I've heard his name yes. floated. Um, but, but I mean, have you, do you have any idea uh, who possible replacements could be? And a follow-up is, is MSU prepared in this economy and shut down to spend what would be needed? We know Mel Tucker had the big budget to start with. Um, does he still have that budget? <laughs> well, yeah. So second part first, I guess, if you talk about the money, Trestle was the fourth highest paid assistant on the staff at, with, you know, what I said earlier was what, six sixty seven, um, And that was before, um, you know, the, the pay cuts, the, uh, the, coaches making the 7% pay cut, pay cut athletic department employees making over a hundred thousand dollars a year were taken, uh, took due to COVID. Um, but anyways, so yeah, I mean, in theory, you have a nice chunk of change sitting down there. Now, will Michigan state spend it? Do they feel like they're in the position to go and like, you know, buy some guy away from, from another program? I don't know. You know, that's a question for, for the athletic director for Bill Beekman, whether that they feel comfortable to do that. And, and quite frankly, whether that's a good look right now, um, with obviously with the budgetary problems and, you know, cutting uh, men's and women's swimming and diving, you know, there's that, you know, factor right there as well. But as far as 
who they would potentially hire, you know, just some names to throw out there. You know, if they're going to hire from within, uh, Tavares Tillman is a senior defensive assistant on, on the staff right now. He was for the 2020 season. And this is a guy who's, you know, he was a, you know, standout player in college. He, he spent seven seasons in the NFL as a you know, former second round pick, uh, worked his way up the ladder coaching. He was with Tucker at Georgia. And then he was the, uh, um, secondary coach at, at uh, at Colorado last season or in the 2019 season, I should say, before coming to East Lansing. So if you're looking to promote from within, that would probably be an option. And it's, it should, certainly would seem like it wouldn't be a case where you've got to, you know, pay a, a ton of money to pull a guy away. Uh, Tyson Summers uh, is, is out as uh, Colorado's defensive coordinator. He's, you know, got a long history coaching um, defensive backs and, you know, safeties, um, and, you know, uh, he was with Tucker at Colorado. He spent the last two seasons there in um, Darrell kept him on staff when, after Tucker left. So, but just went out and found a new guy. So that's an option. Obviously, Klinkscale from Kentucky is, is a guy that people have floated his name out there. He's been successful there. He's been successful recruiting in Detroit area too. So that w- would have an obvious appeal. Uh, Archie Collins is a secondary coach at Pittsburgh. He's a former Michigan State player, a former Michigan State grad assistant. He's working for uh, uh, Pat Narduzzi the last uh, three years. So there's obvious ties there. He was at Michigan State as a, as a player when Mel Tucker was there as a GA. So, I mean, I assume the, the two still know each other. Um, so those are kind of the, the top names that, that I would see is just, you know, throwing some, throwing them at, off the wall. Mark D'Antonio knows a thing or two about the secondary, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think. I think it would probably cost a few more bucks to bring Mark back to East Lansing. And I, I doubt that's a situation anyone's particularly interested right now, but a uh, nice idea. Yeah, but yeah. I should, I should be clear in saying when, when Mel talked about Trestle leaving today, he did say that they were looking to hire. I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier, someone to coach uh, corners or safety. So it's not a situation where I was thinking, you know, maybe they could give Harlan Barnett the whole secondary and find a new, you know, create a different job title, which was I, just something I was thinking off the top of my head, but it, it appears that's, that's not going to be the case. That uh, that that Saban guy used to coach safety, right? He oh yeah, Michigan State. There you oh. go. Go go for him. There you go. Yeah, could be a senior defensive <laughs> analyst. Kyle and I throwing out all sorts of useful information here today, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, coaching movement was a big story last off season, uh, getting a whole new staff in there. So it'll be interesting to see who who joins the staff, and uh, you know, obviously, Michigan State will have a much better feel for things this year as they have more of a true offseason as compared to last year which was basically just you know chaos uh is a light way to put it so uh let's before we get to questions here um let's uh switch over to uh the michigan state covid situation uh they had their third game in a row against illinois scheduled for saturday canceled um so now that's three big games for michigan state that have been pushed later into the season against Iowa, against uh, Illinois, and against Indiana. Uh, their next scheduled games were our next Thursday at Rutgers and next Sunday at Ohio State, so two road games looming. That's the next chance for them to get on the court. Kyle, we got a little bit more information on what's been going on with Michigan State's COVID information over the last couple of days. Turns out they had a lot more positive tests than we ever knew about. Yeah, uh, I mean, they kind of trickled in. Um uh, over a span of, of a little over a week and ended up being six um, through Monday. Um, and, and that those came in, you know, starting, you know, Myers Sissoko was the first one. I'm looking at calendar. He came in, I think, on the ninth, which was the day after the Purdue game. And, you know, Stephen Izzo a couple of days later, Josh Schlangford a couple of days after that. 
Um, and then a couple more, you know, right before that, um, right before that Monday when they, when they shut everything down, not shut everything down, when they canceled more stuff. So really it was six cases over about nine days, which is kind of how the virus is, you know, um, it, it incubates for a while. Um, you think you're okay. I mean, Josh Langford tested negative at like 10 AM practiced, had symptoms and tested positive at like 3 PM, you know? Uh, so that, it just goes to show how hard it is. You know, you think you're good. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, a test pops up. So, um, I, I think, you know, Monday was the last time we heard from anybody that's right after they had had four more positives and it canceled the Illinois game. Uh, I, I think we're in a no news is good news um, situation right now is kind of my guess. Uh, if they were if they were shutting down, uh, I think we'd be hearing about that. If they had more of an outbreak, I think we'd be hearing about that. Or if they were certainly if they were canceling games, we would be. Um, so I, I, I would cautiously estimate that maybe that they're on the right track. Um, and, and I think that partially too, because Tom revealed on Monday now that of their 15 players, 12 have had it since right, in the like, summer, since right? like August, September. And, and he's a little worried about, um, you know, second infections. I, I did a little science Googling. Uh, I'm not a scientist, but I did a little, uh, I was <laughs> That's how everyone knows everything. These days. Right. Dr. Google. Uh, oh, on. I was looking at the CDC and they said it's rare. Um, so I, I think Tom's a little concerned because that happened to Frank Martin, apparently at South Carolina. Um, but I, I, I think that, I mean, there's three more guys who, who haven't had it, so they could certainly have it. There's staff members who haven't, but you're kind of running out of players that, um, um, that could still get it. So I think that could, you, you, it's not a situation you want, but it, it could put you in an okay spot towards the end. So, um, so we'll see, but I think, um, as far as we know, uh, a week from today, we're talking on Thursday, a week from today at Rutgers is a go. And you don't want to lose the three games, but they should be able to. I think if they squeeze, get all of them in, it'll be a hectic end of the season. But I, I don't – I think they could still probably play all 20 if, if they want to squeeze. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's been a rough road with Michigan State hoops this year. It's been anything but pretty. Pretty much everything seems harder than it should be on the court. Mm-hmm. It's been like – yeah, a lot of like trying to jam a square, you know, square, square piece into a circle round hole. You know, I'm, I just butchered that expression, but you know what I mean? It, it's been like, <laughs> it's been like wrenching your teeth to get this team to do anything easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hasn't been exactly the most enjoyable thing watching them. That being said, have not going two weeks without Michigan state basketball. It hasn't been fun. I mean, I, I miss watching the games. I've, I've found myself, you know, I'm a college basketball junkie. I watch a lot of games. But without Michigan State in the mix lately, I've found myself not as into the rest of the games, even though they really don't have anything to do with Michigan State being out. It's just sort of like that that feeling when, like, your team isn't involved. You're kind of checked mm-hmm. out a little bit more. And here's so, like, I felt that way a lot. Here's what I'll say, though. If, if they had not turned the ball over with Rocket Watch at the end of that Purdue game or if Travion had missed the shot – you would have back-to-back wins over Rutgers and Purdue right now. And Purdue, if you, I know Brandon, I know you kept track. They played, they've won all their games since Michigan State, including at Ohio State. Um, I think they'd be, I mean, I think they're very close to feeling very good. I think um, it's been a while, so I don't know how much is still on their minds, but that was such a, such a drag to go into this break on, you know, yeah. the end of that Purdue game. But they were, um, I, I think an optimist would say they were very close to having two pretty good wins uh, right in a row there at the end. So I'm not, I'm not sure they're, I'm not used to the optimist here, but I would say I don't think they're all that far away. And I do think they were trending in the right direction, uh, except for, you know, maybe the last 10 minutes or so of that Purdue game. 
Yeah, it's crazy when you talk about the national landscape of college basketball right now. We are sitting here on January 21st with a more than possible chance that Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan (laughs) State, and throw Indiana in there if you want. I mean, five of the biggest brands in college basketball, they might not make the tournament, which is just craziness upon a crazy year. But, like, it could actually – I mean, Kentucky's terrible. They they can't beat anyone. No. So, I mean, that seems like a sure thing. Duke lost to Pitt the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, North Carolina beat Wake Forest the other day, but they have been anything but impressive. It's just a wild year when all these teams are in danger of missing. I think Michigan State, you know, from, from the eyeball test, if you're going to compare them to those other teams, they've looked better. I mean, they beat Duke head-to-head. You know, North Carolina and Michigan State, I think, are are looking more positive and a chance to make the tournament than – than Duke and and uh, Kentucky at this point, but I mean, you you were looking into Michigan State's bubble, uh, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say chances. let's jump into this. I know we had a question yeah. about this. Yeah, we got a percentage chance Izzo and MSU make the NCAA tournament. We had a yeah. So let, a question let me uh, uh, let, let me bring this up. So I, I was looking at. I mean, most bubble projections have them in right now. Uh, you know, ESPN, CBS. I think Stadium was the only one I saw that has that. That's out. Goodman. Um, and I think it's, it might be Goodman. Yeah. Um, but then I'm looking at, if you're familiar with the, the Bart Torvik site, it's a, an analytics yeah. site there for college basketball. He has them as a 26% chance of making the tournament. Um, so I guess, I, to me, the, the bracketologists are looking more backwards, right? And they're looking at their resume right now. Um, and they're saying, hey, I think if you, the season stopped right now, I think they would be in. Uh, I think what the analytics sites look at, and, and Ken Palm doesn't predict the tournament, but their record you know, is similar. They have them looking forward and saying they got a really tough schedule ahead. And the way that they've played these first, uh, these first Big Ten games, um, if they keep playing like they played most of the Big Ten uh, season, I don't think they're going to make it. Um, so it, it's, kind of, it's kind of both. I mean, they're, they're in a good spot because they did have a strong non-conference, even though that Duke win isn't holding up so well. Um, but I, I think the way that the Big Ten's going and the, how tough the Big Ten's going to be makes me think that they're going to have to play a fair amount better than they have in the last three, four weeks to really get in. Um, you know, I look at, it, it seems like these quad one wins are everything now, you know, when you talk about mm-hmm. the tournament and, and the, the big thing that stands out on their resume is that they're zero and three in quad one wins. Um, so they're going to have to rack those up. They're going to have a lot of opportunities. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to have to, to beat all these teams that are kind of right in the middle with them. They're your Maryland's and your Indiana's and your Penn State's. You really got to beat, win most of your games against those. And if you can knock off uh, a Michigan or an Iowa, um, I think that would be huge for them. They have two games. If they play in both, they would have two games against each of them. Um, I think you really could use one of those four wins and win most of your games against, you know, you got another against Purdue. That's a team you can win. Beat Ohio State's and Illinois. They're a little bit better, but I think you could knock off, you know, if you could knock off one of those, that would help. I mean, it's, it's all about beating good teams and there's a lot of good teams in the big 10, but I think, I look at those 11 games, you win five of them, you win six of them, I think you're probably in pretty good shape. And sneak that Virginia game back in there too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure Thomas was really hurrying to, uh, to reschedule that one. You know? it, won't, it won't be hectic or anything at any point. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll do one more basketball question, then we'll bounce back to football. Uh, this person said, I mean, you kind of touched on this, but can this break, in quote fingers, in the basketball season help – 
plus Michigan State get a couple guys. They mentioned Hauser and Watts back on track offensively. Are they are they even practicing? Do we, did we find that out? Um, so last we knew they were doing uh, small group and individual workouts. Um, that was as of Monday. They were at least going to do that for a couple more days. So they could be practicing now, um, but it wouldn't have been before the last day or two. Um, so it's been mostly small group stuff. Um, what are they getting out of it? I don't know. It's, it, it's funny. It seems like every point in a Michigan State season in the last several years, there's been somebody hurt who's trying to come back. And, of course, when you have to take a two-week break, there's really nobody um, that actually needs the time physically. I'm sure guys have um, bumps and bruises and stuff like that, and maybe it'll help. But there's nobody who's, you know, got a sprained ankle, you know, that you're um, coming to come back with. I mean – can it help AJ Hogard watch a little bit of film of how his games have gone and get a better handle on his job? Yeah, maybe that could, that could help. Um, would it help, you know, my guy like Mighty Sissoko has been sitting in quarantine for 10, uh, for 10 days. Can he, uh, can he study up? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think a lot of these guys, uh, especially the younger ones, AJ and, and some of them, they just need game experience and, and they'll get some small group workouts. that will help them some, but um, I, I don't think we're going to see a wholly different team. Uh, when we get back. Um, AJ is probably the biggest one I would look at. Now that he knows he's the starting point guard, that's his role. Maybe he can get something out of this, but um, I I would caution I would caution folks, I guess, into, into reading too much into how much they can get out of it. Yeah, maybe mentally, just, yeah. just maybe like a break to kind of step away from the grind of the season and just kind of think about how they've performed so far this year. Maybe take take a step back and look at – you know, how some of these games have gone or how they've gone sideways or how the Purdue game got away from them. Maybe from that standpoint, this break can sort of help them pause and reset. But if, if you can't actually implement things in a full team setting on the court or work on things or work on sets, it's difficult to say how much you're actually accomplishing. No, and, and I think it, I, I'm worried it's going to be, for Michigan State's sake, I'm worried it's going to be a net loss because – if they do end up rescheduling all these games, I mean, they're going to be playing darn near every day for about a month there to end the regular season. Um, and, and with the Big Ten the way it is, the amount of travel you'd have to do, um, you could get worn down in a hurry there. Um, and That's, I think but just, have a more so just play back-to-back. Back. Like, if you're going to do this and try and jam these in, what's wrong with, like, playing Iowa – you know, twice in a row? In the oh, they could spot. certainly do that. In the same that, spot, that was, even. That was, you don't well, need to travel. What's the home? What's the home court advantage? Like, like if Michigan State were to agree to that, then I'm, then yeah, you'd have to get one team to agree to it. And I'm not sure these coaches, these coaches still feel like there is a home court advantage, and and the numbers do bear that out, by the way. Um, that there is still, you know, statistically speaking, a home court advantage. So it would come down to Israel would have to decide, hey, is it worth traveling to get, you know, um, to get that home court advantage worth, worth making them come back here, or do you just play too quick at Iowa and then go on to you know whoever else? Um, you have to play. I don't know, but um, I, I'm worried about uh, for them, you know, if they're on the bubble and they're playing every other day and playing Iowa, then Michigan, then Iowa or something like that, um, th- that could be a pretty <laughs> tough situation. Um, and then you go into Big Ten tournament if it happens and then NCAA. it's going to be a lot of basketball. So it'll be good for us to watch. I'll, I'll enjoy watching it a lot, but uh, <laughs> it'll be uh, a, it'll be an NBA like season uh, right. basically for, them for a while. Right. Let's jump back to football here uh, with a football question. Um, let's see. Are you guys going to try and un- – Matt, you just touched on this. Are you guys going to try and unravel the whole scholarship picture if more guys, <laughs> running backs, a quarterback, for example, leave via the portal? 
they they think we're hamstrung on on scholarship bodies. Um, we could uh, ask the same question about basketball, but I know you, you don't you, want to go you, there. If you passed calculus yet to figure out, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> I, I needed I need an advanced mathematics degree and um, a job in compliance for probably a couple of years to be able to give you a real accurate answer. But I did kind of take a look. All right, so I think I mentioned earlier, Mel talked about the. With the nine mid-year guys counting back, he's looking at for 34 first-year players, at least at Michigan State, um, um, by fall camp. But, you know, a quick look at the roster, you know, based on guys that at least sure should be on scholarship or sign to, you know, initially be on scholarships, so they should be. I count, I think it was 60 uh, non, you know, 60 guys who are returning who aren't in that seniors taking the extra year of eligibility. If you count Matt Allen now, Oh, well, just, all right, we'll leave the seniors coming back out because they don't count against the 85-man limit cap in 2021. Uh, there are five transfer additions so far. If you add uh, Kenneth Joyner, who did not, who was not uh, the running back from Auburn, who was not a mid-year guy, um, that would be six. So let's call, we'll just stick with the five. We're already there. So that's 65. You have 18 players signed in the 2021 class with, with Rayshon Benny um, being the commit to add. So 60 plus five, or well, that brings you to 84 if you add Benny. Um, but as you know, Mel, but you know, Mel talked about counting guys back, and the NCA also gave, said, you know, the seniors taking the additional year don't count in 2021. So I assume that that applies also to transfer guys. So Anthony Russo and Drew Jordan would fit that profile of guys who um, are taking advantage of the extra year, so you could knock them off the list. <laughs> Again, you know, it's going to depend on, on more departures, which you've got to imagine there will be a number of – there will be more departures between now and the end of spring or before fall camp. So, long story short, uh, I don't know. Uh, expect more guys to leave. Expect more guys to come in. And, you know, when the, when the fall roster comes out, uh, I will, you know, send it to whoever wants it. It's a moving target, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Another football question, would Joyner, the, the Auburn running back you just mentioned, and the older – now, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it here, Matt, his name. I know I've know. i got still, the pronunciation up on my phone right now. All right, well, so I, I'm working off Jeff Martz and the MSU football chief of staff on December 16th said soft N. He said, now Teote. Oh, that's pretty good. I, I from You know, I'm not – I'm far from great at this, but uh, based on USC, it's not A-O – not – Oh, not oh, Teote. I just really just like right, making you say it again. I, I didn't finish. I didn't, I didn't finish the question. Would Joiner and the older you know, now Teote have to be summer editions if they came on board at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you're gonna, I mean, if they're not in the mid year guys, if you're not in classes, which, which started this week, you're, you're not dropping in in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of the spring, just for the hell of it, you know, you'd had to been there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those would be guys that you'd have to look to add by the summer. And like I, think I mentioned earlier, Mel had said that they plan on recruiting the portal all the way up to, you know, guy bringing in guys that won't be there till the start of fall camp. So, um, yeah, as far as Naote Ote's older brother at USC, the linebacker, um, yeah, I mean, that's a – I don't know if they're going to get him. You know, the, I mean, obviously Michigan has – Michigan State has depth issues at linebacker, you know, with, with – Antoine Simmons leaving, you know, you've got um, Noah Harvey back as a starter. Chase Klein was your third guy this year. And beyond that, you really don't have anybody with real playing experience. So there's an opening, but you know, if you just, 
if you look at, and there's also the chance he could stay at USC, but you know, if he is leaving, you know, the appeal of playing with his brother could be there. Um, maybe getting on the field at the same time, who knows? Uh, but you know, there are other programs coming after him. This is another five star. This is a former five-star kid. Um, Ohio state would be a program that sticks out in, in the competition. He follows a lot of Ohio state coaches on Twitter and uh, Ohio state happens to uh, last time I checked have a pretty decent program. And they also, I believe lost their top four linebackers. So they would look to have some uh, opportunities there as well for him. So, yeah, I don't know. And then Joyner, you know, until these guys are enrolled in classes, like Mel talked about today, you know, you don't really know if you got them until they show up, until they're enrolled and they're on campus. So it's not, it's not like you sign, a, you know, the recruiting class in, in December mm-hmm. and then, you know, well, they'll be here in, in the summer. You know, this is, you know, you're not going to know until you get the guy here. So, and I, and that'll be the case with other guys, you know, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It'll be, again, this will be a lot of guessing in the off season because, you know, it's just a, an unusual situation with, with, you know, the guy's getting an extra year. First of all, the, the transfer portal being absolutely flooded with the expectation the NCAA is going to grant everybody an additional year of eligibility, and this is just the way things are trending. And, and Kenneth Walker the third, Kenneth, by the way, not Anthony, mm-hmm. which I called him three times last pod, and neither of you interrupted me to correct me, which, I, <laughs> I which is not good. You got to call me out when that happens, but especially when I say he's on my, my dynasty team and I don't even know the guy's name. Kenneth Walker III has since committed, since Joyner did. Uh, I wonder if that's going to have any impact. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. When, when I had a story about this this week. When you look at who they've got on the team coming back, uh, Davion Prim, who signed, you, know, you get Walker, who's now there. And um, with Joyner being committed, you know, not that that's keeping time to him. If everybody came back as if, if everybody came back, who's on the team now and everybody, you know, comes in like they should, they would have eight scholarship running backs on the roster in 2021, <laughs> which is just absolute insanity. You know, that's, yeah, you'd like to have depth, but I mean, you, you'd have half your room that basically can't, wouldn't even expect to be playing on a Saturday, which is funny when you go back uh, 15 months ago, uh, when, after uh, Hayward and Jeff, Ladarius Jefferson entered the portal last October in 2019, they had two. They were going into a game with two running backs on the roster with actual college game experience, and that was at the time redshirt freshman Elijah Collins and true freshman Anthony Williams. And uh-huh. you know the losses ended up resulting in in Brandon Wright playing and burning his redshirt for that year. But you know quite quite the difference in a year. And I mean it's just. Like some of these guys are just not going to be able to play there. There's just not enough, you know, carries to go around. So um, spring should, if assuming they have a full spring practice, um, that will go away into determining the pecking order, obviously. And I think guys will figure out where they, where they stand and, and make a decision based on that. The Mel Tucker influence, baby. Tuck's coming. He's loading up the cabinet. He's ready to go. Uh, well, he's maybe not ready to go yet. He's got work to be done, but I love what he's doing in the portal. I've said that many times. Uh, let's go back to basketball real quick. Kyle, you briefly mentioned A.J. AJ Hogard as someone who could could benefit uh, from this this layoff, maybe with extended study, maybe time to put in sets or, or skills that are specific to him. But uh, is MSU's offense better or worse with him on the floor? I'm not sure I'd say it's better yet, but I like the direction of it more, if that makes sense. Um, I, I thought they were moving, and I actually looked at the numbers, and, you know, through the brief – I only looked at Big Ten games because I don't think it's fair to count, you know, the Oakland game for Rocket. Um, 
But, you know, in the Big Ten games, you know, they're about the same as far as efficiency um, with Rocket, a point guard, and AJ. But I, did, I certainly didn't think they were getting any better offensively um, with Rocket, and I think they were probably moving a little bit in the wrong direction, which is going to happen when you have a, a point guard who's not comfortable being the point guard. Um, and, it, you know, it wasn't going to be fair to expect, you know, put a freshman in there who wasn't going to play very much this year and expect the, the switch to flip and you're out you're going to look like you did last year. I mean, that wasn't going to happen, but I feel like just using the eye test, I've seen enough moments um, when AJ Hogarth is on the court that says, okay, they got something. They're moving in the right direction. You know, him, him pushing the ball on the break, getting into the middle of the lane, kicking it out to Josh Langford for a three, Um, you know, him. I I love, I love how he gets to the hoop. I think he creates a lot more. Um, I, I think, you know, the numbers aren't quite there yet. And he certainly still makes some, makes some mistakes and looks like a freshman, but I, I think they're moving in the right direction, I guess is the best way to put it, even if we haven't really seen it in the numbers or the results yet. He just he just looks like a point guard. He just right. moves and plays more like an actual point guard. I mean, there was like – was it the, the first game he started? There was that nice pick and roll that he, that he hit. I mean, he just – he's not Cassius Winston, obviously. Few are, but he, he moves – more like Cassius did when you watched him play, you know, the little floaters mm-hmm. in the lane, the the driving to the basket, the the pick and rolls. You can just see the difference. Whereas when Rocky was playing point guard, he'll just stand there at the top of the three point arc, standing there, like telling it, people to move. It just wasn't working at no, all. No, and it was too too much ISO or it was too many settling for bad shots, too more low percentage shots. I've liked the shots that they've gotten better. It feels like they've made the extra pass a little bit more. Um, you know, to me, the knock on rocket would be once, once he looks at the hoop and starts going there, he's shooting. Um, and, and he can get to the hoop and he can penetrate a little bit, but I didn't think, um, he could, he could pass well, you know, especially in transition. But I, I love when Hogard can, you know, put it on the floor, start make, make a move to the hoop. And then if the defense collapses on him, find the open guy based on that. I've seen him do that a couple of times and I didn't, I didn't really see that in rockets game. Um, so there's little things like that I feel like are there with AJ that aren't uh, with Rocket. So it it's going to be a bit of a slow go. I mean, he's a fr- I mean not only is a freshman, but this was not like part of the plan, you know, in any form. Um, he, you know, he was going to play combo guard, you know, get some backup minutes this year. Um, him being the starting point guard was never part of the plan. So it, it's not like they've been laying the groundwork for this and, and schooling him and doing extra film to, to turn him into a point guard. No, I mean, this came about in December when it was clear that the rocket experiment uh, was failing. So so give it some time, uh, but they don't have a, a great option right now. So I think this, based on what we've seen, this seems like the best option they have. All right, and then our final question comes in for um, a reader named Brandon Champion. He wants to know, <laughs> uh, today, January 21st, yes or no, will Michigan State make the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I, I do think they will. I, I don't know if I actually said the percentage earlier. I, I, I'm ballparking at like 65 um, uh, because I, I, I don't think that, you know, you look at the analytics, I, I don't think those account for the fact that I think this Michigan State team is going to get better um, throughout the course of the year. I don't think the team that we saw the first two weeks of the Big Ten season is going to be the team that we see in the last two weeks of the Big Ten season. So I think they'll get better. Um, I, I think they'll they'll knock off enough. I think it'll be close. I think they'll be an eight or nine seed, and they're going to have to, um, like I said, they're going to have to win, um, you know, at least half these games down the stretch more than that. Uh, they're going to have to beat similarly ranked teams. They're going to have to pull off an upset or two. Um, and uh, But I, 
I think it'll happen. Um, I think it'll be closer than people want, but uh, I don't know. You can answer your own question too. Yeah, I think they will too. I mean, Michigan State, you know, us Michigan State fans like to talk about how we get no respect in football. Well, the opposite is true in in basketball. Michigan State, if it's one of those fringe teams, it's going to be helped out by that. It's just, Mm -hmm. that's just facts. They just will. Like we act like it's all, yeah, we act like it's all analytics and they they take the names off of that. We know that's not true. There's also one more at large bid this year uh, because the mm-hmm. Ivy League isn't playing. That's, so that's a good point. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's that's another thing. But Matt, do you think they're going to make it? Yeah, first thing you know, you guys have outlined the reasons. You know, I think is this team as good as you get as everyone thought when they won at Duke? No, but Duke isn't that good, obviously. So things change. But you know, I I think there's enough talent in the roster that you know they get things together. Get you know once they get everybody back. Um, you know, win a few games and you're always, I mean, you're always going to get the benefit. Izzo's always going to get the benefit benefit of the doubt. And I would be really curious to hear the first comments from Tom Izzo after, if he was a bubble team that got left out, um, that would be an interesting 40. (laughs) That's a good point. I've never 49 minute press conference with him at least uh, on his first opening statement. So yeah. um, Yeah. I I think they'll make it, but this whole tournament is just, who knows. I will say, though, that, you know, there have been years they're kind of on the bubble and it's just like, all right, just keep doing what you're doing and you're probably fine. This is the first time I would say in like late January, it's like you have to be get better and play better than you have been to get into the tournament. And yeah, it's different. And, and I think they will. Um, I still think they they will. But it's like they have more work to do to get in than any point in the last several years. I know, you know, going back a few years, they've been Well, Miles my, Bridges freshman year when all those freshmen nah. were in there, they were an eight seed. They, they beat Marquette and lost to Kansas. It was mm-hmm. looking a little iffy there for a while. And then the other one would be that, that team we talked about 2000, 2001, when, uh, um, or 2001, 2002, when they were the 10 seed and lost to NC state in the first round. I think those yeah. are the two, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we've never had to deal with us Michigan State fans when I have to eat some crow if Tom Izzo had an issue with them being left out because every year I'm ripping on Jim Beheim and <laughs> whoever the coach of Indiana is that complaining about how they shouldn't, how they belong in the tournament and they're not. So hopefully we don't get there. We don't want that. I need Michigan State March basketball in my life. I don't know what I'll do without it. So the the, the only thing I, I hope for everybody's sake uh, is that it's not one of the it's not a COVID thing. You know, it's like they right. don't get enough games in, or there's no Big Ten tournament, or something like that. It, if Michigan State or any team gets swept out of the tournament because of, because of COVID, that'll be the only real bummer. For me. Right, and you mentioned that some teams are going to have their seasons end because they get COVID right. cases at the wrong time. So hopefully mm-hmm. Michigan State can avoid that. Uh, but anyways, we're running long here today. We got to get out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys for for being here. Uh, thanks, everyone, for sending your questions in. Uh, makes it a lot easier when we don't have a ton of topics to talk about uh, to to answer your various questions and concerns. We didn't get to them all, but keep sending them in, and uh, we will do this on future pods as well. Um, but we appreciate everyone for listening. Keep following all our work on MLive.com. And please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Tell a fellow Spartan if you can. We would very much appreciate it. But until next time, everyone stay safe out there and go green.